here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Welcome, everybody, to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarran and Jeff Hawkins. It is Tuesday, June 24th, 2014, week 22 of the CM Punk Departure. I'm Rob McCarran. We have Jeff Hawkins with us. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing fine. It's just my World Cup office pool is totally broken now, and I just can't move move on. It's been a crazy group stage of the world cup we were just talking before the era it just went final hopefully no one is caring about spoilers but greece is moving on whereas the u.s has not moved on yet greece i think they've played eight world cup matches all time and today was the first time they ever had a lead in a game or scored the first goal in the game rather and they're moving on but uh yeah i can imagine if you have a world cup pool go and you're probably not doing that great it was a bad attempt at humor that I didn't want to beat it into the ground or talk about. <laughs> I'd beat it into the ground. No, no. You have to have a World Cup pool or at least no, two. No, you don't. Have to have at least two of those. Um, Ghana in 60 seconds. That's the name of my bracket. <laughs> it's a good name. Thank you. Think of, think of some better, maybe. I don't know. But I'm a gay. You're a gay. Yeah, now you've gone too far. <laughs> I wanted to get more of Stephanie singing goodbye in the open. You know what's sad is I really used to like the steam version of that song, and now I just can't listen to it because of the way sports has co-opted it to being terrible. <laughs> everything, pretty... everything that you love as a kid is just ruined. Uh, well, not everything. No? Eh. That's good. I'm sure there are some things I like. Yeah. We were talking briefly about the, uh, before we get into all our wrestling talk, the College World Series. I I see that you're watching it. Uh, I've watched it. College baseball, that is, for those who are unaware. Yeah, I'm a Virginia alum, so I have to support the alma mater. Sure. I, uh... Crapped the bed last night, but that's okay, with a nine-run inning. I am, <laughs> I am into the College World Series. I am into the baseball. Um... I drove yesterday to Virginia. Did you? From Fort Wayne, Indiana. Huh. I My trip started at midnight, Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, drove to Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, God. Took about nine hours. 
There's nothing in Roanoke. I found this out when I got there. It's just, just, ugh. Yeah, I, I found that out when I got there. So I drive nine hours. I'm looking around at the nothing. Go to Salem. Um, this was somewhat work-related, so I'm driving there, but it was a personal trip that was work-related, if that makes sense. I drive okay. there in, in nine hours, okay? I do my business. I'm like, my plan originally was to stay there and then drive back the next day. Because that would be a lot of driving in one day. But I was so bored with Roanoke, Virginia, I just had to drive back to Indiana. It sounds about right. So I, from midnight, Monday morning, to I think I got back about 9 p.m. yesterday, I was on the road. Just driving. No sleep in between. I think I ate once. That's how men do it. Southwest Virginia is a, uh, is, is, there's not much to do there. You got to go to either Char- you got to either drive into Central Virginia, maybe Richmond, Charlottesville, or go to Northern Virginia or Southeastern Virginia. There's there's nothing there, you know. Blacksburg, Roanoke, it's farm country. Oh, unless uh, you like unless you like cows or something. Driving through some uh, lush covered mountains. Pretty- yeah, no, like like Salem's nice. I mean, it's in it's in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I mean, that part of the is nice, but Roanoke is dreary. <laughs> It was a lot of driving for one day. You know who's not going to be doing as much driving as she used to? Uh, who? Vicky Guerrero. Oh, that's true. She was fired last night on Raw, as you, you may know, have told. You know Fire who's going to be doing a lot more driving than they're used to? The WWE production staff. Yes. What a crazy story that is, if it's <laughs> actually happening. WWE's been budget cutting lately. And... And we always we had the releases that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, they might be making the production staff drive from town to town instead of taking flights or tour buses. Yep. Well, maybe that's a good thing. CM Punk is off the road. Then use that bus for someone else, or throw it in storage. Apparently. Okay. Yeah, Vicky Guerrero <laughs> fired. That was on a go home show. Yeah. The big thing. I think most fans will remember for the next week and then they'll forget Vicky Guerrero is gone. Um, we saw this coming. She wasn't one of the re- releases because she's been there for quite some time and she's not really a wrestler, but uh, Vicky's gone. What What do you think of the send off of Vicky Guerrero last night on raw? I thought the angle overall was fine. I just found the timing curious. It's, it's a go home show for a pay-per-view. And I think, uh, it might represent a new normal for the WWE now that, you know, it's a subscription-based thing and that there's... Every you week know, is a go-home, right? Well, I, so Every week that. you want to get subscriptions. Yeah, but, I mean, they got your money. If you, if you came in with the six months, they got your money. There's a limited number of new eyeballs you're going to be able to get. And pay-per-view isn't a, isn't a priority. So, I mean... It, it's it's odd because let's put it this way. I was expecting the hard sell, which is you know the opening segment being seven guys talking about how they're gonna win money in the bank, which I'm thankfully they didn't do. But this was kind of I mean this as the focus and especially you know opening up your go home hour and opening up the show, you know I was kind of curious. Um, but the angle overall, I had no problem with. I thought Vicky had some very nice baby face fire to her. Um, Stephanie was thoroughly 
convincing as being annoying. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just not a fan of, of Steph, but I'm glad. Here's here's the one thing I am happy about. Uh-huh. Um, the authority had had of late to me, at least, and this was one of the notes I wrote down, they had become the John Cena of heels in that nothing ever affects them and they never really show any weakness. You know, every, you know, they get beat down, they've outsmarted everybody, et cetera, et cetera. So Stephanie going in the pool, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I don't know. They've, Stephanie's taken her fair share. She got slapped by Brie Bella. I, I think oh, she is she is more than willing to yeah, humiliate herself and put herself in there, but it mm-hmm. just doesn't have any effect sure. in terms of the overall storyline. Is, is what I meant. Yeah, they they come back the next week and they forget it ever happened and they're just back to normal. Well, it's kind of like you know, I mean, but I mean that's also part of the new normal. I mean, the authority spent months being able to screw over Daniel Bryan and being able to like throw their weight around and and you know use stipulations and change their minds and things like that. And then Roman Reigns wins a battle Royal and they don't do anything about it. They just go, well, that's the way it is. So, I mean, but you have to, this is the moment where someone has to yell Hawkins. You need to relax your, your crack a bit about your logical mind working because I was viewing it more as episodic television and and my writer's brain goes into overdrive here. So, you know, just kind of put that part of me on, cruise control and go okay this is it but but then again why did uh why did Rollins and hit him with the chair only to be stuck in the secondary match etc cetera, etc cetera. but again shut up and relax Hawkins he got the easier match for the yeah. shot that he can more easily win the title someday yeah um if I if I were a wrestler in WWE and I was given the option of being in a ladder match for the title with John Cena, Orton, and some of these other fellas. For the belt. For the belt, yes, I know. So if I win it, I get the belt. It's mine. All mine already. I don't have to do anything else. Right. Whereas the second choice is a Money in the Bank ladder match with all these losers. Yeah. Okay? If I win it, I'm not to the title yet, but I've had an easier road to get to this next step. I made this point last week. I made this point last week. <laughs> you were like, why is Seth Rollins going in the second ladder match? And I'm like, this is why. Damn it. No, no I, I, I said that, that someone should win the secondary match, would want to enter the second match and then cash it in after the first one. And you said, well, he still needs to win that match when he cashes it in. All right. So I may have flip-flopped my entire position. That's okay. Which is it, whatever. We're allowed to. We don't, we don't nail people for but that. People all I'm saying is it's a tough choice. It's not, you're looking at this one match and, oh, it's the title. I want it. I want it. But that second match is pretty tempting. It's not like it's a big push downwards because no. you can beat the jobbers and get the match. And then when you're ready for the title shot and when you know you're going to win it easily, take it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that was curious about this show for me overall because Money in the Bank over the years has become almost a major pay-per-view in my, in my opinion because there's a must-see moment. Uh, they're, they're either you know creating a new star or there's like the CM Punk winning the title moment. Um, it, it's really become a must-see event. And for for the for the secondary ladder match, you have guys who are getting beat, and you have Triple H out there basically trying to pump them up artificially with their resumes. But when he's announcing the match, and, and Seth Rollins, and for the main event one, the guys who you're really invested in are the guys who who 
cut promos saying the reason why they want to win. You know, your Bray Wyatt's. I mean, the guys whose motivations you know rather than just guys who are in there fluffing their resume for the most part, like Del Rio and Cesaro. And, and, you know, they're telling us what they are but and who they are, but they're not, you know... I thought, you know, Money in the Bank for the title. It's for your main title. It should mean a lot more to everybody involved. It should mean something to everyone in some specific way. And it just seems like that's kind of missing. I mean, I'm I'm still, you know, because of the nature of the of the event, I'm I'm still excited to watch it, but but it's just that there's that there's that little bit that's missing for me. What about you? Uh, every single one in the match got their chance last night to, you know, say why they want to win or at least say that they're going to win, do yeah. something. So everyone got that uh, step. They got, had, they, they, they got their little cameos. That's yeah. You know, but, but, hey, Alberto Del Rio was definitely a cameo. Um, Cesaro was, his, was pretty much a cameo. Um, but yeah, you got, you got guys who had some time in it. And then you had that main event match where it was the three on four. I mean, 20 minutes of the TV was dedicated to the, to the main event of money in the bank. It's the first match. That's kind of like a, uh, I mean, it's Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. That's why it's important. It's that feud. That's really propelling that ladder match. And then yes. the fact that it is a title match, but it's the second ladder match. It's for a title shot. It's not for the title. I mean, when you, when the NFL playoffs start, you don't have every single team that makes the playoffs coming on a hot streak. So this is kind of like the latter uh, match here at Money in the Bank is the guys who are going into this don't necessarily have to be all on hot streaks and all winning matches. You know, it's a collection of guys. We'll see who gets the prize at the end. I'm I'm kind of fine with that, but I'll, I'll, I'll expound a little bit. Like, say Cesaro, instead of just coming out and giving the little one-liner to Del Rio, you know, he goes, you know, what does this title mean for you, Cesaro? Well, it means I'm finally legitimate much like the other Paul Heyman guys, you know, I'm not, I'm not the lesser of any Paul Heyman guys. I'm, I'm just as equal with Brock and whatnot. I mean, if, if they gave, if he gave that kind of interview, I'd be more invested in all the competitors as opposed to the two or three, like Bray says he wants power. We know Roman Reigns is doing it to screw the authority. And we know John Cena's John Cena, yeah, but, but you know, and with eight men in this match, I mean, there's eight guys in it. Yeah. Would it would it be counterproductive to give equal time to all these guys to say stuff you, like that or to have storylines for every single one? Well, you had weeks to build it, though. I mean, it's not oh, like they yeah. had to, they all had to do it on the go home show. That's not what I'm I'm saying at all. I mean, you could have. I mean, instead of having Randy come out and give his little "Nobody's gonna miss you, Vicky," go, hey, I can finally get Triple H off my back now. That's what that means to me. I, I like the idea of not giving too much to Cesaro and because first of all, n- neither of them are gonna win. Cesaro's not winning. Alberto Del Rio's not winning. The, the so, point the point isn't that they're not going to win. The point is you have to make people think that they might win. Yeah, I and don't know. I don't know if you really do. I think you can think of that while the match is going on. Like Cole can be selling it as a major upset just from what they're doing in the actual match. But I I don't think it's that bad if you two of the eight guys don't get too much time or don't say much about it. Oh, they're I, just guys in the match. I don't mind that. I, I just, you know, for a more well-rounded event. Oh, sure. That, that, that's all I meant. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's get to it, shall we? Yes. So we talked about Vicky got fired. The whole mm-hmm. storyline in this one is uh, Steph came out to get revenge on Vicky for 
entering in Roman to the Battle Royal last week. Battle Royal that he won to get in the Money ba- in the Bank uh, ladder match. So she tells Vicky that tonight Vicky's going to get fired unless she wrestles in a match. And she has to win it. And the match is against Stephanie McMahon. So later on in the show, Vicky comes out for her match. Stephanie McMahon comes out still dressed in a dress as she's prone to do (laughs) comes out and uh, obviously not dressed to wrestle. She has three of the heel divas come out, which I believe were Alicia Fox and Rosa. And who was the third one? Layla. Layla. That's right. And the uh, ghost of Oksana because she is gone. Um, The three divas try to get Vicky out of the ring because as you see, the match is not taking place in a ring. It's taking place in a mud bowl. Which she conveniently missed as she was coming down the aisle. She didn't see it. Of course Maybe not. She just didn't think of anything. Okay. I don't know. Why is this mud bowl for me? I have a match tonight. It's probably for horn swoggle. Not mud. Sewage. Whatever. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny to me because my, the, my, my only really complaint about that is, is the announcer selling that they can smell it on yeah. the other side of the arena. And yet no one in the arena is getting sick. If, right? they, were, <laughs> if they were getting sick all the way over there, <laughs> that was a horrible thing to do to your audience. It's, it's fine to say it's mud or pudding or what. What a horrible. You don't need to oversell it by saying it's sewage. Are they going, man, I can smell it over here. Oh, really? Just oh, explain really? this. Oh. You're yeah. making everybody in the arena sit in some filth for I remember for back in the day when they had hours. mud matches and it was actually mud. Just say it's mud. Yeah, just say it's mud. Just say it's mud. It's perfectly fine. But uh, they have this mud pool. The three divas try to get Vicky in. Vicky outsmarts all three of them. And she gets them in the mud pool one by one by one. But as she's celebrating her triumph, Stephanie McMahon who Vicky is not paying attention to, comes from behind and pushes her in the mud pool, winning this bout. So Stephanie McMahon gets another win coming out of retirement. Vicky Guerrero gets a loss, and she is fired. Yep, that'll go down in Mookie's record book. You know what her record is in WWE? No. It is 9-14-1. You have that stat on you? She is she has nine wins in WWE. I'm sorry, I'm still getting over the fact that you had that stat in front of you. She is five <laughs> she's five hundred on pay per view. She has one win, one loss. Could you name well I, I'm not gonna ask you to do that. I was gonna ask Please. you if you could name the two pay per view matches Vicky Guerrero has ever had. Oh there I think was the- I th- I actually don't know. I didn't look that part up. I only looked up her record. But I think I could because I know one specifically. I can remember them in my head. I just couldn't announce the actual matches. One had uh, Maria Menounos in it, right? Um, involved? I, yes. Was she in that one? It was a it was a match at a WrestleMania with all the women. Or was it? Or was it Snooky? I can't remember which of those. Um, I don't know if I don't know if any of the popular ones. We're in that actual match or not? I'll I'll go for a bigger point here, which I found. Go for your bigger point. Wait, which I think. Hey, hold on a second. I, so okay, you can't ahead. you can't name the Vicky Guerrero matches, right? I, I really I really can't. Not off the top of my head. All right, the one I was thinking of is, was a multi women match at a WrestleMania, yes. and that might have been the WrestleMania that Snooki was at, but she wasn't in that match. Was that was that the Battle Royal that she was in? 
No, that was no. That you won? Okay. No, she. It was a. It was either a four on four or a five on five tag. It was the one where she tried to do the, the splash from the top. That that's the one I'm thinking. And of. the I ref messed yeah. up the count. He just yeah. didn't count it. Yeah. Um. And then uh, she. I didn't know the the next one, so I had to look it up. She was in Extreme Rules 2009 with Chavo against Santina. <laughs> when Santino was doing his female gimmick. Those are the two pay-per-view matches. I just wanted to get those out there. But go ahead to your larger point. I, I found this. This may be something. This may be nothing. So you can correct me just because I'm, I'm watching things and I'm noticing details. Okay. Both Vicky and Stephanie in moments of triumph co-opted the yes chant. They did. And it... It plays to that bigger point of I think they view the fans just want to chant yes, that it has no connection to Daniel Bryan. Again, they're gonna try this again, I think. Or at least this is this is their their logic of it in in some way. In in that in that, yeah. They just want to do the chant. It has nothing to do with Daniel Bryan. I'm wondering if you think that there's any thought or anything to that. Well, early on, I was, I mean, I know Daniel Bryan got it over and the fans really wanted to see Daniel Bryan. Well, we've seen it. We've seen them try to take it away from him. They tried it with Big Show. They tried it with uh, Alberto. AJ. Uh, AJ. AJ Alberto. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The crowds, if Daniel Bryan left WWE today. And he was gone. Maybe he retires as a wrestler. He CM punks it. He leaves. The crowd's still going to chant yes. You think so? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Even if they know that Daniel Bryan's not there. And it's not going to be like the CM Punk chants that we're getting where they chant for CM Punk and he's gone. Uh, no, they would chant yes. They're not coming out and chanting Daniel Bryan. So so you think this is basically the new what? Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know if it would be as prevalent as it is now. Okay. I think there would be something really cool on a show. And where the crowd used to chant holy shit, they would chant yes. It'd be like one of those things. Um, I don't think they would give it to another wrestler. If they gave it to another wrestler and he kept coming out with yes, 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 I don't think the crowd would buy into it as much. But I think it would still be around. Now, early on in Daniel Bryan's rise, um, the crowd was so into this yes chant that, yeah, I think if another wrestler had it and kept doing it and kept doing it, not just for one week or two weeks, it might have kept going. Um but right now, after two years, it's fully a Daniel Bryan thing. Okay, so so you don't you don't think that they separate that you you uh, in their mind WWE in may, any way. and they may That's think that I, I can get this chant to anyone else, but it wouldn't work. Okay, I, I think the crowd started chanting yes. As far as Stephanie last night, I think the crowd maybe started chanting yes. I can't remember, or Vicky just wanted to do it because it was her triumph. And Steph likes doing that. She chants yes after she you know foils. Her foe, she just takes it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it would live on with a different wrestler. But as far as what WWE thinks, who knows? Okay, that, that's what knows? I'm more for is what WWE thinks, not what you know, whether or not they could co-opt it for someone else. Sure. But what the company thinks. Continue. We, we had Triple H coming out to announce the participants in the second Money in the Bank ladder match, the one that will be for the title shot and not the actual championship. Uh, same rules. He's They have a year until the next Money in the Bank pay-per-view to cash in the Money in the Bank contract. And originally, after showing seven 
faceless bodies, uh, assuming there would be seven participants in this match. Tonight, Triple H only announced six. Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston, Jack Swagger, Dolph Ziggler, Rob Van Dam, and Bad News Barrett were the entrants in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Of course, later on, we would have a seventh added. But before that, what'd you think about the six names that he entered, keeping in mind that I called this last week? <laughs> okay, you called it. Literally a hundred literally a hundred percent. Okay. Congrats. Um, what did I think? I thought they were artificially propping up each star as, as being something when they could have been, you know, when they've been beating half those guys week after week. I, I thought they might actually do qualifying matches tonight. Like every match in the show would be a qualifying match and they would just do like, or not every match, but you know what I mean? There'd be like four or three qualifying matches. But I then I, the, I, I wondered ahead. like if they're going to get six guys in who, where are they going to find three or four guys to lose these matches? Cause there's no one left on the roster. Oh yeah. Plenty of guys who could lose. You have the two Los Matadores and you have Ryback and Curtis Axel, right? You have Titus O'Neil. Yeah. Oh, and he lost. All San- right. Santino. Yeah, but then what do you fill the uh, the rest of the show with? Either the Rhodes brothers. Um, three. Oh, you, you, know, know, you can't be, can't Slater, beat the Rhodes brothers. Can't beat them right now. Slater, Hornswoggle. Bring Drew McIntyre back. Oh, you have guys. They're they're guys you can beat. So these were the um, six names announced. Yes. Um. You know, I liked the verbal interplay between uh, Rollins and Rob Van Dam. I thought that was kind of fun. Although, I, I there's something about Rob Van or not Rob Van Dam, but Rollins wearing wearing the shirt and the tights. It just screams indie to me. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, the the new getup, um, especially because the tights. I don't know if it's just the way they're stitched or if he actually has pads in the thighs. I don't think there are pads in the thighs, but the way it's stitched just make it look really weird. Yeah. And yeah, he's not wearing, uh, he just wore the regular shirt. That was super indie. Yeah. That, um, that said, I like, I like Rollins's work on the mic a lot. Oh yeah. Last. No, this, this was good. It was good interplay. The crowd was getting behind the verbal exchange he had with Rob, you know, Seth Rollins mocking Rob Van Dam for not being relevant. And then RVD mocking Seth Rollins for being young. I thought, I thought the use of Ambrose was, was perfect. Uh, let, let me posit this to you because I, I took a little, heat from a friend that that i i said this to i would have had no problem outside of that uh, outside of the uh the promo if, if they had never said that of Rol- of uh ambrose just coming down during money in the bank and actually climbing the ladder and stealing the briefcase and leaving i would have had absolutely no issue with that this being the secondary ladder match it would have been awesome I thought that would have been a genius move, to well, be honest with you. It makes him weird. It makes him wild. It makes him a little off kilter. Like where, it, it, where's the contract per- type of thing? Yeah, well, not just where's the contract thing, but given that, given that the mid card belts don't mean anything, you have this briefcase, and then you could use, you know, you can have Rollins and Ambrose since they're going to be feuding after this, anyways. Feud for the briefcase. Should you choose that? And just Ambrose just throwing monkey wrenches into both the authority and Rollins's plans. Just he comes down, climbs the ladder, you know, maybe beats on a couple guys on the way there, takes the briefcase, leaves. Everybody's kind of laid out anyway, so you're just kind of looking around and just whatever. It, you know, a non-finish if you if you want. I know, you know, purists would say that's terrible, but on the other hand, this is a secondary ladder match where only two guys really matter. Well, here's the crazy, yeah, because. It would have kept with Triple H wanting Dean Ambrose to be out of it. 
Yeah. You could have easily played up Seth as the chicken shit who didn't want Dean in the match. Um, although I like that he did want him in the match. It yes, was good reasoning. I love that. I, yes, that was the logic I look for. In he, these at least that stories. way he's he knows what he's getting into. Yes, it was perfect. All I right. love So before we get into him being in the match, yes, say in your scenario he's out of the match. Yes. He comes down as this crazy man, which is what his character is, obviously, at this point. Um, steals the money in the bank. I've had some say, well, he can't just steal money in the bank. He's not in the match. He can do whatever he wants. He's a crazy man. It's not like he's going to get a title yeah, shot. He just has the contract. That, yeah, and that's about, yeah, and it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? He's an insane man who just took the briefcase. You want it, go get it back. On the after show, on the backstage pass, um, he cut a little interview and said that... Uh, Love this too. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Or actually, was that in back... That wasn't even in backstage pass. That was on the actual Raw show, right? Where he, uh, he had the no, promo was, No, no, the backstage promo was uh, on the app. Okay, yeah, was, so... He says if he wasn't going to be in the match, it wouldn't have mattered. He would have did exactly what you said. He would have come down, stolen money in the bank, pawned it off, and just laughed in Tyler or uh, Seth Rollins' face. I would have, I would have been fine with that. It would have been a Absolutely. cool gimmick. It's your, it's your money in the bank. It's money in the bank one. You're going to have a real finish in the last match. And, you, I mean, you were promised a guy climbing up a ladder to grab the contract. That's what you would have gotten. So, really, it's a finish. Um, Plus, Ambrose is so over, it would have gotten a huge pop. And in 2011, CM Punk left with the title. It was a crazy moment. Dean Ambrose leaving with that contract where everyone wonders what the hell's going on could have been a pretty cool moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, you're right. But uh, we ended up getting a Rob Van Dam, Seth Rollins match. Dean Ambrose interfered. After the break, Seth Rollins begged Triple H to let Dean Ambrose in this match because... If Dean Ambrose isn't in the match, Seth Rollins is going to be looking behind his shoulder every single minute. At least this way, he'll know where Dean is, and he doesn't have to worry, and he can concentrate on the title. This they did well. Loved yes. They're, I, they're really doing Seth Rollins well, except for wearing the shirt to the ring with his hair all slicked back. Well, and still having the... Well, I only mean that because the, the, his, the, his, the, the two-tone hair, I don't think is doing him any favors, but not when it's down all the way, like it's tolerable when it's tied back and it's not flying all over the place, but it yeah. looks funny when it's so long and it's flying all over the place, blended in. Um, no, but he was, his hair was so wet that his t-shirt was like wetting down. It yeah. just looked funny. Um, is there any shot? We'll get into our predictions later. Is there any shot that either Dean or Seth does not win this ladder match? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a teaser for later, folks. It's a minor. Sh- I'm not it's a minor it. teaser. I, I there's there's a minor shot. Okay. I, I, right. I think, and it goes to something that happened later in the show. But continue. We had uh, the Wyatts and the Usos splitting. They each wrestled each other in singles matches. Luke Harper won his. Eric Rowan lost his. And they are going to battle for the tag titles at Money in the Bank. It is official. The Wyatts versus the Usos. And the Wyatts debuted their new music, which I've heard some call an accordion. I was pretty sure it was a harmonica playing. It was an accordion. Was it an accordion? Yes. Was there a video of this? Or do, do people just know what accordions sound like? No, a harmonica, a harmonica, you couldn't get those types of uh, dual tones on it. It's, it's a, it's a, it's I thought a... it was multiple harmonicas. No, 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 no. It, it's it's an accordion because of uh, the Bayou Cajun connection. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to find somewhere a video of them playing it with a harmonica. 
It's so, not a harmon- harmonica sounds way different too. I don't know what an accordion sounds like. I don't listen to accordions all the time. I mean, I've heard it before. I just don't. Zydeco. It's pretty good. Okay. Uh, but that match is official. The tag yep. team titles. What'd you think about uh, their singles matches? Anything? I think Luke Harper's phenomenal. He's I so good. Um, I could have done without the music. I, I should just come, come down in silence. I'm fine with just having two big, lumbering, psychotic guys walking down to the ring. That, that's fine with me. You know, the, the, the music is... Eh, it, it's a little meh to me. Yeah. Um, but, but I'll live with it. Um, I thought uh, <laughs> Jerry Lawler's squeal when Harper broke out the dropkick to begin with killed me. It's like, have you not been watching how great this guy is? Lawler. Um, and the slap. The slap on Rowan. That, that, that got my attention. Um, which I like. Uh, I, I, you know, I know Uso crazy, but, um, so, so <laughs> annoying. And also Jamaican be crazy. Um, so bad. <laughs> yeah, the Usos are, are what they are. I think it, I think they've, they, they need a little refreshing. I think it's time for the Wyatts to well, get, the they're going to have a time for refreshing cause they're losing those belts on Sunday. Um, the pre-show on Money in the Bank will consist of Daniel Bryan addressing the stripping of his championship. So he will return on the Money in the Bank pre-show. pre-show. Uh, could be live, could be on video, who knows. Um, yeah, Daniel Bryan's going to speak at Money in the Bank. Interesting that they made it part of the pre-show, not part of the actual pay-per-view, although they'll probably replay something of it. But it's it's mostly, mostly to get eyeballs, I guess. I'll tell you, with, with having this WWE network, I mean... The first half hour is effectively part of the show anyway. That's true. It's all the pay-per-view time slot. You're you're right. I mean, I know the pay-per-view providers do not get that half hour pre-show. So when you're watching on like a Comcast, you don't get to see the half hour pre-show that's on the network. You get the in-studio pre-show. So the pay-per-view buyers will not get to see Daniel Bryan unless they show a replay of it later. So that is one minor selling point for the network, even though I know it's on YouTube and other things also. But really, they pushed that for the WWE Network. So I can, it was like when Hornswoggle and they uh, they did that tables match, the little mini tables match on the pre-show. Sometimes my match, wanna, my, my match of the year. Your match of the year, it. yep. Which yeah. may have been Eclipse this last week that we'll talk about. But your match True. of the year, um, it, you got to have some gimmicks for the pre-show. Even if it's the smallest little thing that will get people to say, hey, this network might be a good idea. Not only am I paying $40 less for this pay-per-view, but I can see Daniel Bryan's speech without having to wait two hours later for a replay. I don't know. Yeah, um, no, I'd much rather have this and say the tag team titles being defended on the pre-show, which I think just yeah. tag team wrestling. I mean, it, it effectively almost killed tag well, team if, wrestling. If I was w- a buyer of the pay-per-view, I'd be pissed because that's a yeah. main selling point for the show, and now I can't see it. Correct. But if I get it on the WWE Network, I can see it. Um, Bo Dallas beat Titus O'Neil. I mentioned this because Titus looked miserable during this match. Like, not his normal character. Like, he looked like, why the hell am I out here? So I don't know if that's going to mean anything for him anytime soon. Uh, Bo Dallas was great once again. Is he a face or a heel? He's baby face right now. All right. I mean, the crowd's starting to get behind him. They're chanting, let's go, Bo, when his match starts. They're, they're popping for the, you got to believe. He's nine and Bo right now. I, this guy I thought was doomed 
he seemed like the perfect guy to play for small crowds and be awful in front of the WWE audience because we never really saw Emma take off. Um, we we haven't seen some of these other acts take off. It's kind of been really bad or really good in the sense of the Wyatts and Bo versus Emma and Adam Rose. Um, yeah, it, I, I like it, this it, Bo Dallas thing, but right now he's a babyface. It's that ironic like that's turning into mainstream like. That's fine. No, and that's that's perfectly fine with me. This uh, I just love it. It's one of those. It's a five minute match where it's not like a Sheamus match that I'm bored for the five minutes. Oh, Sheamus is terrible. He is, but it, it was fun. Yeah, I did like when Bo Dallas started to talk to Titus. Titus slapped the mic away. Butterfingers. He, he he goes out, grabs the mic because it's on the floor at this point. He says, "Oh, oh goodness, I must have these butterfingers." Loved it. Oh, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas. Uh, Dolph Ziggler against Bad News Barrett. Barrett got the win here with the elbow smash, continuing Dolph's fall. So, I don't know. Um, Dolph Ziggler getting into that Money in the Bank match. We talked about guys going in cold. He's one of them. I'm going to uh, say this. Uh, The the interview that he did on the app, I wasn't sure if it was on the pre-show or not. Uh, The two-minute one about why he wants to be the IC champ. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's a star. Still, no matter what, the, he's Teflon right now. No matter what they do to him, people want to cheer for Dolph Ziggler to win. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think there's a minor, minor chance that they could use Money in the Bank to relaunch him. And just sure. keep, they could keep Rollins and Ambrose, you know, brawling somewhere while he's, but he's the only other guy I can see getting Money in the Bank, uh, the, the contract sure. out, of, out, of, out of the guys in there. But people like Dolph, people want to root for Dolph. People want Dolph to succeed in the WWE, um, no matter the snarky comments Triple H makes when introducing him. You know, I, I just wish they'd see what everybody else sees. We, uh, going to something else, uh, this was somewhat of a topic of converse, conversation after Raw. What do you think about the Big E promo after beating Damian Sandow? You know, uh, I really liked uh, the promo. Uh, no, You're not enunciating the ahs as much as he did. Ah. You got to yeah. know ah. Yes, ah. Uh, <laughs> very Jesse Jackson, ah. Um, first time we've seen personality out of Big E in a while. Um, other than that, <laughs> uh, a, little, a little out there. Pull it back a little bit. It was a little, it was a little big, big E, not a big fan of the Emancipation Proclamation. Beating up Abe Lincoln. That's, uh, that's, that's biting the hand that feeds you. We had a... Uh, the main event was a four-on-three with all the money in the bankers. And it By was the a, way, I, I just think Big E just co-opted John Cena's voice from his yeah? promo. <laughs> At this John point, Cena, why not? John, 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 Cena, John Cena just decided to break out, break out his... Uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term, his ghetto pass again. I don't get why more guys don't try to do the John Cena. I mean, Sheamus does it. You know, that's what works. Try to do it. Do all your promos in the way John Cena does his. Yeah. The, 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 the <laughs> it's funny. Watching that promo with Roman Reigns just shows you everything that's wrong with Sheamus. They're gearing up for this big fight, and Sheamus is the Sheamus is the nervous, scared chatterbox, and Roman Reigns just is the badass who goes, "Yeah, shut up and fight." I don't know if yeah, he really, that, uh, I don't know if he played nervous to me. I think he was just trying. He was being loose. 
maybe. just trying to make conversation. Yeah. So that, 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 that always screams weakness to me in some way. So maybe he wasn't nervous, but it screams weakness to me and just trying to be funny and wacky and stupid. The main event started about 15 minutes before 11. And oh, it was we- at this point in the show where I realized it's another week without Brad Maddox. Oh, he gone. And I I'm think. sad. Luckily, as we'll talk about later, he's still around in some form. On the um, JBL and Cole show, yes. And the JBL and Cole show. The main event, uh, Roman Reigns, I believe, got the win. Didn't he get the win? Uh, I believe uh, there was no winner because Kane No, Sheamus got the win. Sheamus oh, did get the right. win. He beat Cesaro with the uh, brogue kick. So there you go, pushing another possibility is winning the title. Um, <laughs> after the match, yes, there was chaos. Kane's music hit. And Kane came down and choke slammed a bunch of people, including the heels. And except for, Randy, except for Randy Orton. Well, except for Orton, because Orton bails. And Orton's gonna, he's going to be Orton's protector. I think that's the story that we're supposed to imply. Triple H comes out, standing right next to Orton, and Triple H includes Kane in the Money in the Bank match, so he's your eighth participant. Randy Orton was standing right next to Triple H and did not really show much emotion, as if, as you intimate, he knows why Kane is in there. It's to help Orton get the championship. Yeah, and I assume there's going to be a moment where Kane chokeslams Orton, and he's a monster that he can't control, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be a big pop, and then Daniel Bryan will run out and take Kane out. No, I don't think it's a face turn. <laughs> I just, th- I just think it's a thing. Yeah, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, I, I, I think there's a bigger purpose for Kane being in there, and that'll go into my predictions. All righty, so that was uh, most of the important stuff on Raw. So Vicky Guerrero was gone. We got two more participants in the ladder matches uh, later in the show. What else? What else from Raw? Anything else that you want to uh, make mention of? Yeah, two things. Uh, what? Number one. Oh, maybe uh, the most important thing. How did I skip over it? Go ahead. Uh, the Divas yes. um, thing. Uh, I think Paige, Paige certainly uh, this week before it got into Crazy Town, which just these announcers need to shut up at times. Well, Jerry and stop, did. And stop fighting for themselves and getting themselves over and letting the women talk without and, and stop scripting them so hard as well. Paige has a presence to her that I hadn't seen um, since NXT just in a comfort level being out there that I really liked. Um, yeah, but I, Oh yeah. But the, I, I but definitely the, but agree the, with what you but, say, but, but, but the moment she started getting into that interplay, it became uh-huh. stilted. It became a little bit stilted. Well, the thing is she has that presence and you know, it's there, but she has got to be a heel. I agree to really pull it out. She is and, not a babyface diva. Yeah, that no, not at all. Unless she was going to be a smart ass, uh, baby face. And I don't think that's going to no, happen. I, no, cause she's we, trying we, to be a nice little girl who's the champion and they're trying yeah, to get, yeah, it's a stupid rookie story, which I, what a stupid rookie. It's like, okay, well, she great. Is. Like she, she's the champ though. So you can't, yeah, you probably shouldn't be saying it, but I and mean, she's, and she's beaten all of you for the most part. I thought, so. I thought Cameron was really good on this show. Did you? I did. Okay. I, she says her line. She doesn't mess up. She yeah, has, I, I think she's, I think she's very good. I think, I think part of it's overshadowed by the fact that, that just, the triumvirate of announcers are just so bad. There are definitely too many people, definitely too many people talking in that one. Uh, Naomi gets the win. Well, Uh, it's funny because, because if you, if you listen to um, Dave Meltzer's (laughs) review, it was, or not, I don't know if it was Dave who said that or somebody 
mentioned it or I heard it somewhere or read it, but Cole was angry that he couldn't call the match, which which must be a first in Divas history that Michael Cole wants to call a Divas match as if it's an actual match and that it matters, he as opposed to making stupid wisecracks. He didn't get all his stuff in. Uh, he didn't get it all in earlier, too. We talked about the Bo Dallas match against Titus O'Neil. Uh, Bo Dallas had a black eye, and... Michael Cole, from the moment this match started, was trying to explain how he got the black eye or why he has it. And JBL kept saying something like he was boxing somebody. And I don't remember the name that he was saying, but JBL kept interrupting that Michael Cole never explained why Bo Dallas had the black eye. In like a two minute match, he tried, tried, he kept going, he tried to get it out, kept getting cut off by JBL. Michael Cole probably was a little frustrated on this night. And maybe that'll help in the future. Maybe he'll realize that all the talking does have to end so he can get his shit in. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's I mean, it's almost as insufferable when Michael Cole was a heel. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cole's part of this. You can't separate him from the JBL Lawler terrible. No, I'm not saying. I'm just saying maybe he'll realize it and realize for his own sake that he should probably stop talking as much as he does in inner fighting, too. Um, I don't know. I may at some point there's got to be something that clicks. No, I, I, I agree. Because um, Cole's the only one who's going to realize it. JBL and Lawler don't care. <laughs> I love this, Michael. Yeah, they, um, I mean, they don't care about the job. They're just there to do what they do. But Michael Cole, right. I think a little bit, cares about, you know, he wants to be as revered as, uh, as revered as uh, Jim Ross. As revered. No, I was thinking, <laughs> thinking of something Rever- else. I, I have... Uh, I actually have a window with Hulu in the background. Okay. Wasn't watching it, but I was watching something earlier and a commercial for that show Rev came on. Uh, okay. Literally as much as I was talking about it. So I had that in my head, but he's not as revered as uh, Jim Ross, but I think he wants to be right later on. Um, so at some point he's going to care. And I think this will end. It's a bad stretch now, and I have no reason to believe it will end because it was like this with Matt Stryker. It's like this with JBL. Well, the thing is, it's always timed for the Divas match. This is this is when yeah. they start just whatever, blah blah. You know, it's time to do shtick. <laughs> uh, and, and and for Michael Cole to be angry at that moment that he can't call a match, just it it if, if that's true, it it kills me to no end. During this Divas match, it was announced that Paige will defend her championship against Naomi. Paige on commentary was saying how Naomi is the real challenge of the group and not Cameron. That was Um, nice. I don't believe uh, this is over. I think we're going to at some point get a three-way feud between these three. Yeah. Cameron's going to go full on heel. I just don't like, for me, I don't like that when when they do the setup, the the stare down of just someone holding up the belt. I think, you know, for certain people that works for this, it didn't for me. But uh, yeah, there's a Funkadactyl feud going to be shoehorned in here possibly as a triple threat eventually. It should always be, the heel should always be the one throwing the belt in the other one's face. Like, look what I got and you can't touch me because you're good. There you go. That's the thing that's missing. Because I always, I always associate that with CM Punk. Yeah, a, a, yeah. a bad guy should be throwing it in the good guy's face that he has the belt. Yes. Good guy shouldn't be flaunting it. Good guy should be clutching onto it, like it matters. And the, and the other uh, the other thing from from uh, from uh, Raw that stuck out to me is is just poor timing on on the push of the commentary um, during the Swagger Kofi Kingston match. When when they're when they're hyping, what what is Kofi possibly gonna do? He's known for doing spectacular stuff, aerial things, mostly involving jumping, while he's in an ankle lock, which 
if you go into the if this were real category, would hinder his ability to jump and possibly not be able to fly during the match. And I just I, I started laughing. I'm like, this is the time we're going to plug his high flying when he has one leg that's supposedly almost being broken right now, Michael Cole. Good job. Yeah, I the intent, I think, was there to sell that, hey, this might limit him, but it certainly didn't yeah. come across that way. They ne- they never even mentioned that. They were just talking yeah. they they were just talking about, yeah. man, what's he gonna do? What's, what's he, he gonna, gonna do? do? He's well, gonna nothing lose. now. He's gonna He's lose. He's gonna lose like he did against Swagger. He's gonna lose. <laughs> uh so we go right into Money in the Bank. It is this Sunday. It's on WWE Network and various cable providers. Uh right now, four matches official, with one most likely being added tonight. Uh it was heavily teased, and maybe some more. We'll see. Um We'll start with the women's title match. The Divas Championship page against Naomi. Um, I, as we alluded to, believe there will be a three-way feud coming up. I don't think this is the night to change the championship. I could see them doing it if they really just want to go with Cameron turning heel against Naomi and that being a storyline for Total Divas. But I'll say they wait for a three-way match or some other type of angle. I think Paige wins this one, possibly due to Cameron interfering or maybe Cameron causing a uh, no contest of some kind. I think Cameron screws up, hints at the heel turn, and yeah, Paige, uh, Paige wins. Paige wins, continues to be the champion. Uh, we have the tag team titles, the Usos against Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. So get ready for more of that accordion music. Um, Usos, tag champs for a little while now. And when I say a little while, I'm not talking like a year. A little while in this area for these titles is about two weeks. Um the Usos lose this one. I think the Wyatts win the titles. I think it's time for Luke Harper and Eric Rowan to kind of go, maybe not on their own. I don't see this being like a Shield dissolve or a uh, Wyatt dissolve. But if Bray Wyatt's going to be in title contention and going on his next singles feud, he should probably do that by himself. Yeah, I. You know what? I could see them. I could see them. Lo- I could see the Wyatts losing this one and then having Bray and. Harper win the tag titles at Battleground. I could see that happening, but you know that's an outside chance. Just because I don't know what they're going to do with Bray after Money in the Bank, so I'll 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 go with you. I'll say the I'll say the Wyatts win. All right, the Wyatts win. So we're on the same page for the first two. Uh, yes. Oh, there, there's a ma- there's a match in there that uh, that you you forgot if you're thinking that the next two are just the two ladder matches. Biggie that, and uh, Rusev. Well, that's the one that's heavily teased. That's not official yet. Oh, um, it's not? It is not. Okay. Biggie and Rusev, though, is the next one on the list because it should be added tonight, most likely. Uh, Biggie, Rusev, is this the night that Rusev gets his first loss? Or is it the night that Biggie just hates life in general? Rusev crushes another African-American superstar. It's going to go longer this time. For yes. one, they have a lot of time. So this could be a back-and-forth battle. Get two, some I, near think, falls I, th- in there. I think they're going to protect Big E a bit in this match. Yeah, well, I, about time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rusev crush. Rusev wins. Um, and that is that. So now we have the two ladder matches. The first one being for the contract to get the title shot anytime in the next year. It is Bad News Barrett against Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston, Rob Van Dam, and Seth Rollins. Um, I There's three winners, I think. There's only three men in this match that I think have any shot at winning. 
but I think there's two heavy favorites. I'll let you go ahead first on this one with anything you would like to say about the ladder match for the title shot. Okay, but I'm going to quid pro quo you on the other one. Um, How dare you? Yeah, well, you know, I'm the host I, of this show. As I said, I think there's only two possible winners here. Okay. Two possible I th- winners. I think that it's either going to be Rollins, or they're going to go out of, or they're going to, or they're going to separate Rollins and Ambrose and continue them feuding and have them ruin each other's chances and have Ziggler go get get it. Okay. And I, I, I just, you know, I, it's going to be a heel. I think. You know, I, I thought about Barrett maybe having a shot at it, just because they really have fallen in love with this character so much. But uh, I'm going to go with the easy play here and say Rollins. All right. Seth Rollins. So my the three guys I think have any shot at winning are Seth Rollins, Bad News Barrett, and Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Those are the three guys I think have any shot at winning. I don't think Dean Ambrose has a shot at winning. Um, I actually consider him a heavy favorite, even though I don't believe he's going to win, if that seems odd enough. Um I don't think the story is for Dean Ambrose to be carrying around a briefcase right now. I just don't think it would fit uh, unless he was doing the crazy thing where he's like going to sell it or do whatever. Um, I can see bad news Barrett winning because it does seem that they're behind the character. Uh, One, he's a heel. So that kind of works against him in money in the bank. But I, I like, I like the idea of bad news Barrett having bad news eventually for the world champion saying he's going to come down and cash that in. Um, so it could be something Dolph Ziggler I see as being the surprise if Dean and Seth Rollins do go off on their own and Dean Ambrose takes out Seth Rollins who else is in the match that's going to win I think Dolph Ziggler is a heavy favorite to me as far as guys that I could see winning but yes I think Seth Rollins is the odds on favorite and I'll go with Seth Rollins winning this match carrying around the briefcase kind of give him the big push but those are the three guys I think I have any shot I'll go Seth number one Okay. So we're in agreement on that. So now we have the main event is eight men battling to climb the ladder. Some figuratively, some literally. Alberto Del Rio, Bray Wyatt, Cesaro, John Cena, Kane, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and Sheamus. Those are your men in this match. As far as a winner, there's only... One guy in this match, to me, that has no shot possible, and that's Alberto Del Rio. Cesaro, I really would give only like 1% to. Okay. John Cena, Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns are the three guys I'm looking at to be a winner here. And I just can't find anyone right now that makes more sense than John Cena. I think John Cena is going to win this match. It's a solid pick. I, I could go Randy Orton. I mean, Randy Orton makes sense because the authorities behind him. You have Kane in there now, which I think might be a protector type of deal. But if if Brock Lesnar is coming for SummerSlam to be in the title shot, as I've as most of us have thought for months and months and months, I don't know if you give the title to Randy Orton only to lose it to a babyface, or maybe Brock will come back as a babyface. I don't know, but. Uh, to me, I'm going to go with John Cena. And before I go any further, I'll let you go ahead and get your pick out there. Oh, it's interesting. I, I got a bit of a monologue to go. I haven't written it down, but, uh, there's, you know, I agree. I think there's really, 
And you, you have to take in consideration Brock Lesnar's coming back for SummerSlam, and supposedly the plans are that he's supposed to face the champ. Right. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about this, that Brock Lesnar's winning the title at SummerSlam. I um, don't know if he is. Oh, oh, I do. I, well, he's a part-time guy. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're going you're gonna to take him off of... Well, I mean, it, well, he's going to be on that pay-per-view after SummerSlam or when, when the re-ups come, so he may not be a champ for long. But you also have Battleground in between Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a lot of time to do a blow-off feud, which makes me think a, I mean, which makes me think a heel winning the belt isn't going to happen because you'd have to have him drop it at, at Battleground. And unless it was Cesaro to set up the other Paul Heyman guy coming in, which would be a toe-in-the-water push with the belt, which wouldn't mean anything in the long run, and I don't think they want to kill Cesaro like that just quickly enough, or this quick. The long-term plans for Roman Reigns are to be a star. Now, with Cena, it's easy. I still think they're going to hold off. I think they're going to keep Cena away from the world title because I think they're setting him up for Rusev at SummerSlam. I think the plans for Roman Reigns are for him to beat the guy who beat The Undertaker. Now, I think it's too soon for them to do it at SummerSlam, but I think it's out there. I think they want to make him a star and see, and you know, as opposed to kind of being half-assed about it and making the mistakes he did with Daniel Bryan, let's 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 clip the wings and see if he can fly. Kane's inclusion makes me think that the cool-down feud to set up Brock is going to be Kane, much like they were gonna do with Daniel Bryan. I think they let Roman Reigns win the title here. Really? I think I I think they not pushing him very hard on the go-home show. I might have overthought this quite a bit because usually they tip their hand or they're trying misdirection. I think they didn't push Roman Reigns because they didn't want it to be viewed as over-pushing him and tipping their hand. I think they get the pop, and I think they give it to Roman Reigns for, for, for the time being, and I think they may have him go over Brock at SummerSlam. They're going to have him go over Kane Strong at, at Battleground, and I think they're going to put him in the main event against Brock at SummerSlam. Wow. I'm going out on a limb there. I know it sounds crazy. John Cena's a great choice. I think John Cena, but I just don't see them building John Cena Brock. We've already seen it. Oh, I, don't sure. think, I don't think Daniel Bryan's going to be ready to come back. I, I think they're going to they're gonna, they're, they're gonna cool down on Brian even when he is ready to come back. I don't think they're going to put him in that high slot. I think they're going to put him in the, in, the, in the B-plus slot somewhere, maybe with Orton, maybe with, you know, maybe with Rollins again. What I, fear, um, what I fear is that this is one of those matches, there have been several of these in the past where it's a multi-man match, and it seems like it could be unpredictable, like there's no clear idea where it's going next. So everyone picks, you know anyone in the match to win it where after the fact we look back and we're like, how did we not realize that John Cena was winning? Well, no, I think Cena's the obvious choice here. Yeah. I think Cena is, is, is very obvious if, if you're thinking about bringing Brock back, but I think there's a point to having them break up the shield. Mm-hmm. And I think they just decided we need to make a star now in case Daniel Bryan doesn't come back. Cena's getting up there in years. Now's the time to see if this is the guy. Yep, so I, definitely a lot of people thinking 
including myself, that Brock would win the title at SummerSlam. You're going with the idea that he comes back and loses to Roman at SummerSlam, which is not that far-fetched. I could see that happening. I think that's one of the reasons that they're pushing this. I'm the one in 21 and one. The way to make Roman Reigns a star in their minds is to have him beat the guy who beat the undertaker that will give him legitimacy as a superstar. I think they might've been reserving that for Daniel Bryan, but I think they're going to give it to Roman Reigns and I think they're going to give him the title at least, you know, even if it is the, the ever popular and drives you crazy, passive aggressive toe in the water push with, with the big belt. I think they're going to try They're going to, and they're going to see if he can, if he can drive numbers for a big show. Because it, because the pay per view numbers aren't as important. You have the network. You have the subscribers. Yeah. I think this is this makes sense. They're gonna see. Do we have a real star here? And I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm pushing my chips in. And I'm gonna say they're gonna tr- give Roman Reigns a shot at it. A year ago, I would have uh, thought like this type of scenario where Brock Lesnar comes in and wins one of the belts and goes away for a while is not that big of a deal because you have another one. But now you don't. You have one world champion, and then you have some geek belts. And you also have backup stories here. It should, you know, you know, in case Brock gets injured or, you know, or you decide to put Brock with someone else, you have the Rollins with the briefcase and the Energy Shield feud right there. I already took care of your boyfriend, Ambrose. Now I'm going to take care of you. And, and, you know, you have, you have the authority chasing Roman Reigns, you know, you have Kane and Ambrose and Orton all with legitimate claims or inner bickering with one another type of thing. You have guys that you can throw at Reigns for him to crush should, you know, the Brock thing not work out. I I just haven't quite figured out how to naturally get to Brock. But I think you don't need to naturally get to Brock. You just have him show up the day after Battleground in F5 Roman Reigns. Have you watched uh, NXT from last week? Uh, yes. What did you think about Aiden English and Simon Gotch, the villains? And if you say anything other than it was great, or I will also accept it was the greatest, I'll end the show right now. I enjoyed it. Um, part of me is a little wistful because I think <laughs> it's funny because I think part of, uh, I think Cole Cabana was having a bit of a, when he was making references to, Twitter feeds of NXT superstars. I think he was specifically referring to the Simon Gotch one because I think he views it as a ripoff of his Matt Classic character, and I think Matt Classic would fit in perfect with this gimmick. But I, I like it. It's a, it's a it's a goofy. It's fun. There, there's a place for it, and I enjoyed it. How about that? Yeah, it, it's definitely fun. I've seen some people saying that. Uh, oh, great! Another comedy gimmick in NXT. People think that there's a lot of comedy there. I didn't really see any comedy out of the vaudevillains. Yeah, it's going to be fun, but not funny. It's two guys. One sings. It definitely not, you know, showing it up as a comedy act. The other one is paying tribute to the old time wrestlers, but he's a grappler. He's a man's man. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Here's the weird thing about comedy gimmicks that a lot of people just don't get. Santino a, was a comedy gimmick. There's a way to turn them vicious. Oh, yeah. Quickly. Like EC3 and TNA for all the faults of TNA. EC3 was a comedy gimmick that is now a legitimate thing in TNA, for, for better or worse, if you can call anything in, in TNA legitimate. And there are parts of TNA I really enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed this last pay-per-view. It was, it was great. 
I thought, in terms of in-ring action. But there are ways to, to turn comedy into viciousness. And the vaude villains ha- have, have that kind of underlying thing of, we can go old school real quick and stretch you if yeah. we want to, because we're old school, we're strong men. Now, I don't think they're going to, but there is that out should they need it. I, you know, and for right now, enjoy it. it. It's a fun little thing, and they're both, they're both game. That that's the other thing. They're but they're both all in on this. Yeah, I I think if, it's... if if I could see someone riding one of those bicycles with a giant <laughs> front wheel and two small wheels in the back, it would be perfect. NXT is an exciting time. I think uh, the rise of Tyler Breeze will be fun to watch. Of course, you got Sami Zayn always there to have some is, good matches. Is there a midget they could add in? I don't want them to. I don't want them. to. I mean, Hornswoggle's got nothing else to do right now. But well, he's bald, so he's going to be growing his hair for a while. That's fine. He's got the wigs on. <laughs> Yeah, he's been showing up on the uh, JBL and Cole show with his wigs, still trying to get the bunny out of the entourage. <laughs> the JBL and Cole show has been awesome. I watched it a couple weeks ago, and I really liked it. I haven't, I haven't seen the uh, latest episode. They, but, got, uh, yeah, they do great work on that. It's, 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 it's really, a, it's a fun three to five minutes. It's quick five minute storytelling. You got the origins of the Bad News Barrett character, who's just great on that show. Right now, of course, because Cody Rhodes is stardust, Cody Rhodes has been off the show the last couple of weeks, and Bad News Bear is trying to figure out why. And then Renee Young, who whose harmful words got Cody to leave, and whose harmful words have Heath Slater as Clem just all confused. It's it's just quite the great show. You have Alicia Fox being crazy. Alicia That's Fox. fun, too. And then everyone trying to conspire against the bunny. Yep. Now, I've asked others, and maybe I'm the crazy one here, but... To me, I don't see the identity of the bunny really being like a played up mystery angle. I think it's a fun Scooby Doo type. This is a fun thing, right? To, yeah, it's a Zach, it's and it's going to be Zack Ryder in the end. That's going to be the punchline. Well, that's to me. That's what I'm saying is Dolph Ziggler on this show knows it's Zack Ryder, right? Like it's not a mystery. Like oh, he's just thinking it's Zack Ryder and, 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 and that's not. part of the bit that's part of the bit it's kind of yeah. like the Sco- Scooby-Doo it's obviously old man Jenkins can't you see that people right. it's it's Zack Ryder it, it's chicken boo from the Animaniacs it's a giant chicken right so all these guys on the show are trying to kill Zack Ryder basically they're just trying to kill him and murder him yeah. um speaking of killed and murdered it's not really a segue into the next thing at all uh, wow did, that went dark quick did you uh did you watch any of the Ring of Honor pay-per-view this Sunday or have any I, thoughts from Ring of Honor? I watched both the Ring of Honor pay-per-view and I watched uh, New Japan Dominion. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I really started getting into New Japan hardcore again last year around Dominion yeah. and Kazuna and the G1. And I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a moves guy. I like, inner, I like in-ring storytelling, um, even though I think there's a lot of, there's, you know, spot monkeys all over the place in today's wrestling, but uh, for lack of a better term, and I don't mean that as a derogatory thing, I just mean that as there's a lot of guys doing a lot of moves that may or may not mean a lot, but I enjoy the heck out of it. Um, New Japan, I think I think that Ricochet-Abushi uh, match might be match of the year. Um, tag team match of the year possibly happened on that show with the Young Bucks and the uh, Time Splitters. Uh, I love the Young Bucks. I think... Um, 
they do tag team wrestling the way I enjoy it, which is, you know, two guys acting like a team. And that's, you know, that's why I go to Ring of Honor. And that's why I go to New Japan shows in terms of watching it. It's because I miss actual tag team wrestling for the most part. Um, those two matches were phenomenal. Um, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view I thought was solid, but, but you know, there, there weren't, you know, there wasn't a lot of storytelling per se in terms of, you know, the angles that they were, there wasn't resolution to it, but um, I really enjoyed it. I, I love the Briscoes. Uh, every, everything they do just entertains the hell out of me. And I know some people, you know, people's viewpoints are their viewpoints, but their work to me, mm-hmm. I love it. It's interesting. Their promos are always captivating. There's a sense of real anger behind them. Uh, you know, I thought Hardy and Bennett did well in this. Nick Searcy from Justified in the match made it great because I've met Nick and he's he's a good guy. I didn't realize he was a wrestling fan until he started his little Twitter feud with Matt Hardy uh, about a year ago. Um, <laughs> using the Peabody Award made me laugh. But, you know, everything in the Ring of Honor pay-per-view was solid, solid, solid. Um you know, I know there's been disappointment in Ricochet not being offered a WWE contract. Um, I would say, you know, I, I agree wholeheartedly. He's great. He was the best part of that New Japan pay-per-view. Um, his match with ACH at, at the last PWG show, which is a Solar Soul for Rock and Roll, which is available on DVD, should you wish to peruse it, uh, was phenomenal live. I don't know how it comes out on DVD, but it was great to watch live. Um, there's a lot of great wrestling wrestling out there uh right now um if if you seek it out um you know i i I like the wwe for what it is but it but i also admit it's not everything i want in wrestling so i go look for you know to make up for that and supplemental things so yeah the ring of honor pay-per-view strong stuff and uh those two matches from the new japan pay-per-view awesome 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 i did watch both shows i kind of have the same thoughts uh New Japan is one of those where I don't follow it year round so thoroughly just because right. there's too much other stuff and just life in general. And then I watch Raw and I watch WWE and I'm a bigger fan of WWE than anything else. But it's almost like the World Cup. I don't watch soccer, but right now I'm really into this World Cup. I get into New Japan during the G1. Yeah, I see for me, New Japan has a lot of repeat matches that I just can't get into. And they have, to, for me, far too many tournaments for my liking. Well, to me too. And, especially... but, but, they, but the matches are great. The yeah. matches for what they are oh, are yeah. great. It's just there's far too many tournaments to keep up with. And like G1 time, it's like I, I ordered all the pay-per-views last year. It was just so much uh, yeah, it was to a tough... keep up with. And what, it take place in about 10 days or so? So Yeah, and, and there's also that, you know, and they're, they're going to do the same thing they did last year where half that bracket is, is a bracket of death pretty much. Yeah, they, they basically put all the big superstars in the promotion and bring in some outsiders, put them in a tournament with one block wrestling each other, another block wrestling each other, and then you get a finals. Um, I get into it, uh, you know, I'm a baseball fan, I'm a stats guy, I like, I like seeing who beats who, and, you know, you get some pretty strong matchups, uh, AJ Styles not in the tournament, which is getting some controversy, but... You get some matches of the year, isn't, I thought Styles was in the B block, but don't quote me on that. No, I'm sorry, you are, uh, as far as AJ goes, I'm pretty sure he's not in it, I'll double check the uh, deal here, but, uh, make sure... No, I Who mean, am I thinking of? Is it, yeah, AJ is in it, so I was thinking of someone else. I'm sorry. 
Okay. I don't know who. I, I don't know who you're it's supposed of, to be. A, there's a big name that I thought wasn't in it this year, but I may have just been blanking completely. You're probably right. I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but uh, you know, I, 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 there, there's a match. There's always a couple match of the year candidates, if not match of the year, within the tournament, which is fine. It, it's just, it's a lot to digest. Um, you know, there's a lot of New Japan I like. I'll always love Jado and Gato. I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for them. Um, Toru Yano entertains me to no end, even though he's just a you know he's a mid card comedy guy, but you know he does it well. I think. Um, you know they do a lot of great tag matches. Uh, I, I you know the the commentary part doesn't bother me as much because I'm not watching for the commentary. I can hear the tone in the voice. Yeah, and that, I, gets, that gets me in the environment. To be I like having the uh, the Japanese commentary. I don't know if I would enjoy the show as much if I was hearing English commentary. It, it would depend who. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind Mara Renal on, on it, to be honest with you. I think Mara would do a good job. I think JR would do a good job. But, uh, you know, I, I'm still, you know, relatively a noob at mm-hmm. New Japan, even though I've been, you know, I've been watching now straight for about a year, year and a half. Uh, I still really, you know, the, the whole concept of stable seems to be a very loose confederation in there, even though I know who's who and who's where, it always just seems like, why are these guys going this hard against each other when they're teammates, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, it's fun to watch. I, I love the in-ring action of New Japan. I, it, they, they're, they're, they were on a hot streak last year. They've cooled down a little bit. Devitt being gone. That's who I was thinking of. Devitt, because he's going to WWE. That's who's not in it this year. Supposedly yeah. he's going to WWE. Or going, he's going somewhere. Yeah. He's definitely um, left New Japan. You know, and that, that, you know, I don't mind AJ as head of the Bullet Club. I just, you know, it's the Bullet Club was getting a little bit too, it was getting a little too NWO ish, anyways, with everybody who's a Gaijin joining, except for the Gaijins that were already there, like Shelton and, you know, Davy Boy Jr. and Archer. I think those are the only three that aren't members of the Bullet Club that. <laughs> Stay strong, Alex Shelley. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to omit him. Stay strong. Time splitters are great. Alex Young Shelley's awesome. I've been the biggest Alex Shelley fan since 2004. Yeah, I loved him and Saban together. I thought they were great. Yeah, and that is, uh, yeah, so those pay-per-views are really good. Ricochet, of course, stealing the show. Um, and, if you haven't, and if you're one of those guys who hates TNA, watch the pay-per-view. Yeah. That's all I ask, because it was a really good show, I thought. I, you know, it was, it's, not, it's not earth-shattering. It's not going to go down in, in any records book, but it's a solid wrestling show. Ricochet has gotten a lot bigger as he's aged, bigger than the days where I was refereeing for him and Chuck Taylor in front of 20 fans. Well, you learn nutrition and, in nowhere proper, in Indiana. and proper bodybuilding, and uh, that it, happens. It's amazing to me because they would travel, and at no point, you know, Ricochet always had like the abs, but he was really skinny back in 2006 and seven. Really, really skinny, like smaller than me, and I'm super skinny. Um, so you could tell he was kind of into fitness, but not really about getting bigger. That certainly changed. Whereas his traveling buddy, Chuck Taylor, was kind of flabby because he didn't care about fitness at all. He was just a big kid. And he's starting to now, it looks like, in the last couple of years. Uh, but Ricochet is massive now compared to where he was. He's like two, two of himself from 2006. Yeah, he can still fly just as much as he could eight years ago. 
and for those who who get excited about indie wrestling as well, that Battle of LA three day tournament looks to be pretty darn spectacular. They are coming up with a lineup that you used to see. You used to get this excited about a Battle you, of yeah, Los Angeles er, every like, year. Every year, yeah. it, it used to be like. I mean, this was when you know around the same Dan, time frame. The Danielson and, yep. and 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 Claudio and all. Yeah, back back when I would regularly go to PWG shows. Middle and I late two thousands were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do it so much now. Um, yeah, I went to this last show, but uh, but Bola maybe worth uh, maybe worth all three days uh, tr- trying to trying to suffer through the heat of the veterans hall. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I was trying to bring up the uh, guys in the tournament so far, but we're talking guys like Chris Saban, uh, Evan Bourne. Going AJ. back to Matt Seidel is back in. Uh, ACH, Brian Cage. Uh, Kurt Hawkins is Brian Myers. AJ, AJ Styles. Styles. Yep. Trent Beretta. Drew uh, Gulak. Oh, of course. Can't forget him. Zack Sabre Jr. Yep. Uh, so you, Cedric Alexander, if you're a Ring of Honor fan. This is the big names of the tournament that you used to see a long time ago. And, and maybe you were seeing the last couple of years, but I wasn't really getting into it. But... You go back to years like 2005 through 2008, where yeah. it was it was a huge deal, and you had the big indie names, like the really big stars in the indie scene. Um, Danielson, Punk. They were right uh, up there when when IWA was running the Ted Petty tournament in the mid 2000s. That was a big deal. Yep. yep, yeah, the Briscoes. You you had all these big names converging. That was actually that was actually my first exposure to the Briscoes. I had heard that they were great. I had you know I'd only see them on YouTube, yeah. but. The, but yeah, going to, uh, I think it was one of the DDTs that I went to. Um, yeah, seeing him live just sold me. Love him. It's hard not to be a fan of the Briscoes after you see them. They're just crazy. But, well, uh, well, the the other thing, just just to plug it, is, is sold, the, the soldiers, sold our soul for rock and roll. Steen and the Bucks together. Pretty great. A lot of good that, stuff that, going on. The indie yeah. scene seems to have a little bit of a resurgence now. Um, and when you include the indies, you're including Ring of Honor. Yeah. Of course, you're I'm including inclu- PWG. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, a little bit more buzz. Cause... The, the, the problem will be when, when WWE decides to become a buyer's market again and starts oh, buying yeah. oh, guys. Sure. And, they have to, and they have to, you know, this is this is the we've reloaded phase with, with guys who were in the mid to low card when we took all your indie stars before. Now we're about to take them all again. <laughs> I, uh, do you know what Vicky Guerrero's debut in WWE was wrestling wise? Wrestling wise. She wrestled her first match in 2008. This was her debut match. Was this, Oh, her first three matches, her first four matches, her first five matches. My God, what was Alicia, what was Vicky Guerrero doing in 2008? Oh, they were trying to make her a diva, weren't they? <laughs> her debut match, um, it was a handicap tag. She was tagging with Kurt Hawkins, Edge, and Zack Ryder, oh, if that geez. gives you any hint. Oh, this was when she was doing the married angle with, with Edge. She was... She was partners with Edge or, and the Edgeheads. Was, was a girlfriend, yeah. And they were all defeated by the Undertaker. I hope to God Teddy Long was the one who made that match. You're going to go one on four with the Undertaker. Holla holla, player. Well, she, you know, T- Teddy and Undertaker have that WCW connection. So she lost that a- match, but she 
quickly got a winning streak together when she beat both Cherry and Santina. You have this in front of you. I can't believe. I have it in front of me now. I was looking like, oh my God, what are these nine wins coming from? Because I cannot recall nine wins on TV for Vicky Guerrero, but here I'm looking and sure they are. She's won nine matches. Even be even uh, defeating Hall of Famers like AJ Lee and Trish Stratus throughout her time. Fun times. Uh, anything else in the world of wrestling that you want to get to before we end the show? I think we've gotten to everything in the world of wrestling and then some. Let's uh, let's end this on a high note. Good luck in your future endeavors, Vicky Guerrero. This show is in tribute of you, and we'll see you all next week on Shake Them Ropes. Excuse me? Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.